You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. Hey, is my work wife. He is James Hardigan. Hello, everybody, and happy birthday, Joe. Still going with that. Great. Wonderful. Coming up on today's show. You do realize it's going to become very, very tiresome if it hasn't already, but then we're going to come out the other side and everyone will just accept it and it'll put a smile on everyone's face whenever they hear it. I'm thinking around February 2020 is when we get to that point. I was thinking maybe you'd do it right until the week before my birthday And then next drop year. it for the actual week, yeah. <laughs> but that would be dependent on me remembering when your birthday actually is. Right, no, just somewhere in the region. Coming up on today's show, it is the state of the PSPC 2020 union. That's right, there have already been platinum passes for your asses, and we want to take a closer look at those asses. That's right. I'm just, Nothing. Nothing from you there. Okay. I, I, I just great- made a noise. That's all you get for that is a noise. I saw your face. One day we'll get a picture included in this podcast. It was, it was, the face was worth it. Uh, we got some great stories already cooking up from the Platinum Pass winners. Some interesting people looking like they're heading to Barcelona next August. And today we're going to get to know a few of them. Uh, we'll get to know some of them only by name, but a few by their voices, their stories, and hopefully they will have some personalities because if not, this is going to be a long show. Two of those voices and personalities we'll be hearing from today are Mikey McGee and Tom Parsons. It looks like Mike's a professional poker player. Tom is a student and a streamer. We'll be talking to each of those, and Tom is going to double up. As this week's super fan, he has challenged me to trivia about the Tarantino classic Reservoir Dogs. James, yeah, Reservoir Dogs, I have not seen in a very long time, but it was one of the first R-rated films I ever saw. I took a cinematography class in high school, and uh, I had to look away during the, uh, the, the, the Steelers wheel scene. But you don't see anything. The camera literally pans away. I didn't know that. Oh, I see. Obviously. And I didn't, and I'd never really seen R rated movies. And I was like, is this what movies are? Yeah. People getting their ears cut off. (laughs) I mean, bear in mind that I, I was a film student in the mid 1990s. And so everyone was like adoring Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. And everyone wanted to make films like Tarantino, which is hilarious because of course, his style of filmmaking is totally derivative. And then you've got film students wanting to be derivative of someone who's derivative. Yeah, not a great time for creativity on my course, for sure. Um, but I didn't know. I didn't even know that being derivative was a thing. Yeah, I mean... I, you know, I, 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 hey, did, I didn't know that there was other film besides American film. Great thing is you can call it postmodernism and justify it as pure art. Now, James, I just texted you. I don't know if your phone's uh, nearby. I, uh, I just wanted to talk Halloween for a second. I got one great photo of my costume that was taken actually at a party that uh, Adam Levy, a poker player, Ruthless, uh, threw on Halloween. And uh, that's what was going on in my life last week. There's Halloween, obviously, a big deal here in America. Hang on, I've just taken my phone off flight mode. And yes, the oh, picture sorry. has just arrived. That is pretty cool. That's you as Tony Stark with the jacket, the T-shirt. People are like, why don't you say Iron Man? And I'm like, because I'm not fucking dressed as Iron Man. I'm dressed as Tony Stark. If you were dressed as Iron Man, you'd be in a fucking Iron Man costume. Exactly. I would have been a lot more easy to to identify. So Halloween, awesome. Had a great time. Once again, I think I talked about this last year. Um, My former roommate, her, her aunt and uncle, her uncle's a screenwriter, actually. And I just found out he, he, he confessed to me that he wrote the movie Sahara. I don't know if you. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. I think the less James said about that, the better. Just in case, face. as this is someone no. you know, they end up listening to this podcast. Let's just um, move no, swiftly like on. I said, like I said, he confessed it. You know, it wasn't right. like he bragged about it. He Good. confessed to writing Sahara. Um, and so they have a house in a, in a neighborhood where all of like the inner city kids from all of L.A. come around and, uh, and trick or treat in this neighborhood. We gave away over 3,000 
pieces of candy to these adorable little kids, uh, uh, many of whom had really great costumes. A lot of political costumes actually was pretty funny. A lot of kids dressed up in various political forms, which was funny. Uh, had a bit of a, a, a wild weekend. Halloween was on Thursday. Friday night, I had a stand-up show. Saturday, uh, we, we got a little wild. But on Saturday morning, I went and saw The Irishman. Yes. Um, and what I didn't realize, James... Uh, the Irishman is three and a half hours long. Look, I when you listed movies last week that you wanted to see, I said The Irishman yeah. is a movie I'm really excited to see. But as I justified on last week's podcast, I'm more than happy to wait the, what is it, three weeks it will take for that film to appear on Netflix. I did not realize that I, I was like kind of not really paying attention when you said that. I did not realize that it was going to be on Netflix How so soon. How do you not know this? It's been a huge I, thing. The, the only people who would fund this movie, very expensive film because of all the CGI work they had to do on the actors, the only way Scorsese could get this film finished was for Netflix to bail him out. But one of the terms and conditions is, okay, it plays in theaters for a few weeks, but it's primarily a Netflix product. So did you read the Scorsese essay that came out yesterday? No, I haven't. Basically, uh, it was titled, um, I said Marvel movies weren't cinema, let me explain. And I think that even though he sort of sticks to his guns about it, he does sort of explain it in a way that makes him sound a lot more reasonable. And he talks about how um, this movie would not have been made if it weren't for Netflix. He's obviously, you know, you knew that already and a lot of people did, but um, I think that he comes across a lot more uh, reasonable and, and human in this sort of follow up to that. And I think, you know, unfortunately I think that happens a lot these days where you give an interview and whatever's the most salacious line from the interview becomes all people remember from it. So I'm glad he clarified and uh, it's, it's well worth reading. And I think that he, he basically rather than attacking Marvel is what it seemed like before. Now he's attacking, not attacking, but he's um, sort of indemnifying the uh, vilifying. I don't know what the right word is. Anyway, it's the film industry saying that people don't take chances anymore, that these Marvel movies are sort of, although are entertaining and have their place are sort of uh, by the numbers and they're almost never going to fail. And he said, I, you know, I want a movie like the Irishman is a risk still. Yeah. And he sort of expressed his appreciation for Netflix for taking a chance on it. I'm dying for you to see it. I know it's going to, you won't, you're going to have to wait for Netflix, but I'm really curious as a guy who I, I don't love Scorsese, right? I don't love the genre. I don't love the subject matter. I did really enjoy this well, movie. You know, I'm a huge Scorsese fan. I love a good yeah. gangster movie, and obviously this is a period of history and characters that I'm genuinely interested in and know a little bit about, so I'm very much looking forward to it. And I've heard very, very good things, not just from you, but from every reviewer who's cast their eye over this. Yeah, so anyway, while we're talking about Netflix, Rounders... Uh, made it to, to Netflix. I think it had been on Netflix before, but it's sort of now back on the uh, the Netflix list. And I haven't seen it start to finish probably in at least 10 years. And, you know, we've, it's, we've had a poker movie Monday relatively recently, and I know this is one that we got to take our time with. I'm just saying, Maybe. Yeah, we'll save it for a rainy day. We've had Rounders as a superfan subject, so we have discussed it a little bit on this yeah. show, but we have never done a proper retrospective analysis of it. Interestingly, Sam Crafton recently did in a uh, multi-tweet thread, very interesting analysis from him, looking at it as a piece of cinema rather than a, a, a poker story, per se. Um, I, like you... I'm really enjoying Watchmen. We're now three episodes in yes, and completely up to date. Watchmen? It is very, very good. And now, uh, it's, it's frustrating for me to not be able to watch the next episode, having to wait for the early same. hours of a Monday for it to drop so that I can download it. Same. I'm, the whole time I'm watching the episode, I'm like just pissed off that I'm like, when is this going to be over? I'm going to be fucking pissed. I'm gonna, I want to know what's happening in this. Um, one of my friends tweeted this, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. He said, in his opinion, episode three should have been episode one. Hey. And that it really doesn't sort of get into anything having to do with Watchmen as we know it in any way, shape, or form, really until the third episode. I see. 
yeah, but I like the fact that it's in the universe without needing to have a direct connection to the movie slash graphic novel until this point. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm. So, do you mind having a quick chat with me? Spoilers, potential spoilers here, guys, mm-hmm. real quick. So, uh, is it so? Jeremy Irons is Ozymandias. Correct, Adrian Veidt, the character played in the movie by Matthew Good. Got it. Okay, and uh, are we to believe that? Uh, and, and I, I. You know me in that I don't really remember what what Anything. all went down yep. in Watchmen or what the what the background was. And is did Ozymandias create uh, Doctor Manhattan? No, he or didn't. He's, he's Do- just reenacting the creation. Doctor Manhattan him. was created in an accident, which he for some reason has written a play about, which he's getting his cloned servants to play out on stage. Got it. And and then and we're sp- we're to believe that Ozymandias is in some sort of luxurious prison. Yes. I mean, very, very weird scenario and setup, and I'm sure that it will become clear as the series goes on, or right. maybe not, as it's a Damon Lindelof show, uh, the, the the reveal of what kind of world he's living in. We know that Dr. Manhattan is on Mars. That's where he went at the end of the main Watchmen story, and his uh, girlfriend, um, Laurie Blake the second uh, Silk Spectre, is now working for the FBI uh, tracking down vigilantes. And I absolutely love the both Regina King and uh, Silk Spectre are absolute fucking badasses on this show. And it's really cool to see not uh, not just two women who yeah. are badasses, but two older women. Yeah. You know, like, you know, Jean Smart, obviously, I think Jean Smart might be 60 uh, in real life. If not, she's damn close. And Regina King is not a young person either. So I'm just absolutely loving this. And, um, the dialogue is sharp. Every scene is fucking cool as shit. I, I'm just, I'm, I can't wait for every episode. Agreed. Uh, just before we move on to the PSPC, I was slightly concerned, Joe, that I was still getting text messages from you at like 10 o'clock this morning, UK time. Bear in mind that you're eight hours behind me. Why were you up so late when you knew you had to get up early to do the podcast at the risk of sounding like your parents rather than your work wife? Why are you not getting a good night's rest? No, you definitely, when I got the text message from you at like 2.30 in the morning, basically I had to tell my house guests, I was like, guys, my um, my work wife's texting me. You guys got to go. You guys got to <laughs> leave. I got to finish up doing the, doing the running order for the podcast because Spraggy, our good friend Spraggy, a.k.a. Spraggy, uh, came to town last night. So... We went out for a few hours. We were supposed to go to a movie premiere. I had tickets for the premiere of Honey Boy, which is the uh, Shia LaBeouf sort of semi-autobiographical uh, picture that's out right now that just just obviously had its premiere last night. And we got there a little too late, and we ended up in the standby line at the Arclight here in Hollywood. And I was like, ah, fuck it. Let's just go out. So we went bar hopping. Eventually, Marley Cordero came and uh, met up with us. And we came back to my house, and we were all just sitting around shooting the shit until the wee hours. And I was like, fuck, you guys got to get out of here. James is texting me. Go get get lost it's not about me it's about the podcast audience it's about you listening at home or on your commute you're the people who matter and i want to make sure that you get joe's undivided attention not that spraggles character who i'm guessing is going to be traveling home pretty soon because i'm meant to be working with him this weekend yes exactly i asked him if he would come to my i have a show on thursday night a comedy show here in la and he was like i can't do it mate i gotta be back i gotta be back to do commentary with james and i was like Oh boy, this is times they are a changing. <laughs> okay, as promised, uh, let's do our status check on where things stand with PSPC 2020. It was end of August when we announced the second Pokestars Players No Limit Hold'em Championship. We gave away the first five Platinum Passes. We spoke to two of those winners in the weeks that followed. But we haven't really talked about the PSPC and the various ways people can win Platinum Passes since then, Joe. No, we have not. Not a ton. So, shall we run through a few facts and figures? 
Yeah, I want to know. Let's go. Run it down for me. Okay, so I think we're looking at it between 35 and 40 passes have been awarded so far, which when you consider we're a few months in, doesn't sound that many. So you're going to think that come 2020, come January, we can yeah. expect things to start ramping up. And also, after Barcelona, most of the routes to win passes have been yeah. online. We had the Mystery Chess promotion, and we also have the Weekly Mega Path. And this is something which I'm not 100% sure that many people know about. It's a, a, a sort of step satellite system to win I a Platinum Pass. I certainly didn't know it was weekly. Yes, and the four steps, and you can skip the first if you want. So step one is to play a Stars Rewards Spin and Go. Alternatively, you can fast forward to step two, and yep. you can play a $2 Sit and Go. But that's the only way you can enter. You can't fast forward to steps three or four. It has to be either the... So back in the day of the original step system, you could like buy in at any point. You're saying the $2 Sit and Go is the most you can drop on the step system. Correct, which is why, to be honest with you, they prefer to use the phrase Megapath rather than refer to it as a step satellite because right. it's not really accurate. So assuming you've got through that stage, the $2 Sit and Go, you then play in a MTT, it's ticket-only entry, obviously, the equivalent sure. value of like a $50 entry, and that will then get you a ticket in the $1,000 qualifier, the winner of which gets the Platinum Pass. Wow. So every week there is a Platinum Pass winner in one of these Mega Path qualifiers, and there are consolation prizes for the runners-up, because if you make the final table, if you finish second through eighth, you get another shot at the 1K qualifier the following week. You get another 1K ticket, which is pretty cool. Um, so a couple of winners worth highlighting. Uh, a player from Germany, a marketing manager from Germany called Simon Giel, who won his pass for an investment of 50 stars coin. That's pretty cool. Is he the guy that was uh, breathing heavy at the EPT? The <sighs> No, his name was Gilles Bernier. This guy's called Simon. <laughs> not even not even the... <laughs> I mean, come on, Stapes. It's not even his last name. Exactly. So he won his pass for 50 stars coin. And then there was another German player. And a couple of hashtag fun facts here. So Gideon Dietrich parlayed $2 into a PSPC ticket. And a few weeks earlier, he had come second to the aforementioned Simon Giel in that qualifier. So he got that second chance ticket and used that second chance. I think it might actually have been his third or fourth chance, actually, to win the Platinum Pass. I fucking love these people who get that close and then try again. I would be like, I'll never get that close again. That was it. That was my one shot. That's never fucking like when I finished second in the VRPT last weekend in a field of like 14 people, I was like, well, I'll never get that that far ever again. These people are entering 10,000 player fields and winning. And in fact, I, I think we got one of those coming up, right? Well, Jennifer Carter, remember yeah. her knitting yeah, Jennifer? I'll uh, of course I do. So Jennifer won her first Platinum Pass in 2018 for the first PSPC in a 30,000 runner free roll. She went through the Mega Path route. And I think it's worth stating that once you get to that final stage, the uh, the ticket-only $1,000 qualifier, yeah. you've only got a few players to beat. It's probably pretty close to your VR experience, to be honest. Oh, okay. But nonetheless, having worked her way through those various steps, Jen Carter found herself at the final table and won her second Platinum Pass. There Same. will be more knitting, potentially another heart, potentially more Poker in the Ears merchandise for us because Jennifer Carter is coming back. Or rather, she'll be in Barcelona this time for her second PokerStars Players Championship. That's so sick. I got that news while I was playing in the VR tournament last weekend, and I thought that maybe it was like a bit that someone was fucking with me. And I was like, holy shit, she won again. That's awesome. And she was a delight last time, so I couldn't be happier. Well, here's the weird thing, Joe. With fewer than 40 passes awarded, she's not the only repeat winner. There's a guy from Brazil... What? called Paolo Milani, who also won one of these Megapath qualifiers, and he qualified via a BSOP mechanic the previous year. So we've got Paolo coming back a second time and Jennifer coming back a second time. So sick. I'm I'm really excited for these people. What a what a story that would be for one for someone who didn't cash last time yeah. to win PSPC twenty twenty. 
I think the spotlight's been on more winners once we got into October because that's when some of the live events started kicking off and yeah. we had Lex Live and we've already mentioned that Patrick Winterbottom, our Patriot superfan, took down the Platinum Pass Experience event there. Uh, we talked about Moneymakers Road to PSPC and a few of those winners last week. The Newcastle leg, because... Chris was about to go to Newcastle when we had him on the show last week. That event was won by Daniel Stancer from Hull. Uh, there have also been a couple of Road to PSPC events in France. There's the CEP in Spain. So some of these smaller events are being held all over the world, giving people the opportunity to win platinum passes. Is the CEP uh, similar to what Ramon? Yes, this is exactly the same small Spanish tour. Uh, Ramon won the player of the series leaderboard in 2018 there's at least one pass being given away at each stop so the good thing is that we've got these small events taking place around the world giving people the opportunity to win platinum passes and we did mention that straight after EPT Barcelona we had the mystery chest promotion and one of the winners in that particular mechanic is the first guest on this week's show. We're going to speak to a couple of Platinum Pass winners as advertised at the top of the podcast. So please welcome to Poker in the Ears, Mike McGee. Hello, Mike. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Mike McGee. Uh, first question right off the bat. Is it annoying having the last name of like a, of like a joke format of being like, oh, Tits McGee? Yeah, or... Tits McGee. Yeah, Tits McGee's the famous one, isn't it? Yeah, um... is that annoying? No, nah, it's not too bad, actually. It doesn't get used as much as you'd think. And, of course, there is you and me and Bobby McGee. Is your second name? Wait, what? There's the song, the famous Janis Joplin song yeah, about Bobby McGee. This yeah, is a very weird line to take. You see, I was going to go in with the opening salvo. Mike, tell us the story of how you won your Platinum Pass, but instead we've gone off on some diversion about the name McGee, which is <laughs> all well and good. We could go down the Debbie McGee route if you want, but I want to know, Mike, how you bagged that all-important PSPC ticket. Um, I actually didn't re even realize I'd won it. <laughs> I, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. I was just kind of messing around one night. I wasn't even playing poker like properly. I just like opened up a few tables or like two tables of like 15 mil Zoom, and was watching like Netflix on the main main monitor. Played a few tables for like 30 minutes, and then just closed them down, and then opened the box. And I don't even look at the boxes. I just like double click until they're gone, and just like spam them. <laughs> and the price popped up, and I was just like, oh cool, another ticket, sweet. Um, didn't even look at it. Closed it down, and then just closed Poker Stars off, and then. <laughs> I checked my emails like a few days later and read it with like skepticism being like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> um, and then I, so I like, copied the email it came from and like typed it into my inbox to make sure it was legitimate. And it was the same email address that I was getting my like stars rewards. So I was like, fucking hell, this is legitimate. <laughs> and then <laughs> couldn't believe it. Um, I mean, in a way, a platinum pass is a, is a ticket. Yeah, 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 but I thought it was one of those like typical like free rolls. Yeah, and I was uh, one of those ones. I yeah. So just Couldn't to be clear, be this was during the mystery chess promotion. So this was straight after the PSPC launch. We had hundreds, if not thousands, of people going online, grinding cash games, trying to win a hand with Ace Five, so that they could potentially get a chest with a platinum pass in it. And is you're that, just is that, yeah, is that the promotion. That was the promotion. Wait, this was the uh, the. Ramon Colelius Ace 5 promotion? Absolutely. I didn't even realize it was like an Ace 5 promotion thing. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So basically, we've got all these people literally folding until they get Ace 5 because they know that's the magic key that unlocks the chest. And right, you're yeah. just there clicking buttons, watching Netflix. You probably didn't even notice that you got Precisely, dealt Ace yeah. 5. Didn't notice you'd won a hand I've with probably, it. I've probably been folding Ace 5 just like the time. <laughs> muck, muck, muck. Yeah, I'll play this one. And then just rip it. Um, well, we need to know what you were watching on Netflix that was so fucking important that you couldn't pay attention to a Platinum Pass being won. Um, at the time, I was really big into a little bit of Fry and Laurie. Wow, that's old school. It wait, is old school, yeah. Wait, that's, that's, sub, that's Stephen Fry and House MD? Yes, Yeah, correct. Hugh Laurie, yeah. I, that sounds very old. Is it from like the seventies? What is that? No, they're not that old, Joe. Kind of like late eighties, early nineties. It was a, yeah, it was a fun comedy like, show. 
I think it's like 85 to like 94, that kind of year. Yeah. There's four seasons. So Hugh Laurie was a comedian before he was a doctor. Correct. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we've Brian succeeded Laurie. in educating Joe about 1980s British TV. <laughs> uh, yeah. We've succeeded in educating you, Mike, about how you were meant to win a platinum pass, but you don't need to know because you've got it now. Um, after you realized this is legit, I have it, what was your reaction then? What was the next thing you did? Um, I was actually just pretty like stunned. Um, just honestly, just kind of couldn't believe it. I, I didn't even, t- I'm not, I, I've barely told anyone. I've actually been too embarrassed to admit I've run back <laughs> to some friends. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just kind of kept it to myself. And some friends have found out because I think there's like a tab in Poker Stars where it's like the winner of the passes. Yes. And they've seen my name and they've been like, Mike, is this you? And I'm like, yeah, mate, God, I can't believe it either. And they're like, fucking hell, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, I know, that's why I've kept it myself. <laughs> oh, this is such a British reaction, the classic kind of, oh, just kind of like, you know, don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't make a big deal out of it. Because you obviously know uh, other pros in the, in the poker community. You yourself play poker for serious money. Uh, you mainly play the cash games seriously. You're not just clicking buttons while watching TV. Yeah, and I've been, it's the only thing I've ever done. I've been a professional poker player my, my basically whole adult life. Yeah, I've never actually had a job, so yeah, it is effectively my main thing what I do. So, even so, though, but, yeah. So, uh, is that a typical uh, session for you to be playing <laughs> yeah, while no. watching Netflix? Because it's all about studying and putting the work in, and you're like so deep in the Netflix catalog, you're watching shit from the '90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, that I, that is a atypical session for me. That was more like a winding down. Um, end of day thing and I was like fuck I'll play for a tiny bit um, yeah so what is a typical session for you um, recently I've been playing a lot um, so I, I wake up and then I go to the gym pretty first thing and then after I come back from the gym um, I'd study for like three hours and then honestly I've just been playing for the rest of the day it just like my I'm basically like no lifing it right now. I've like no social life, and it's been like fully dedicated towards poker, poker in the gym. Yeah, so I've been playing like at least ten hours a day for a long time now. Are you going to change your regimen now that you have this massive opportunity, or is it pretty much going to stay gym study right up until PSPC 2020? Yeah, I'm going to be um, pretty dedicated towards poker again for sure. Um, be putting in a lot of hours. I think I'll stay on like the same kind of routine I'm on now, and then as it gets closer to Barca, then I'll like start working on more. I'll start speaking to my, my MTT friends, and then I'll study with them and try and talk with them, and then yeah, sharpen up that area of my game. Because I used to play MTTs a long time ago when I first started, um, so I do have experience with them. Because I was an MTT pro, and then I moved to cash for the flexibility. So I'll try and like shake off the rust when it gets so you genuinely feel pretty rusty as far as uh tournament poker is concerned right now for tournament poker yeah definitely there's going to be a few stuff i'm just going to be like so clueless and like stack depths i'm just going to be like oh god what the fuck am i doing and just kind of yeah be unsure and i'll try and like i'll probably play some tournaments like the month before on stars and just like try and yeah get up to speed and i'll probably try and play some live poker as well um, leading up to it just to get back in that area as well yeah because on the subject of live poker back in the day i think it was 2012 2013 back when we were running the uk ipt you made a final table right i think it was later than that um i think it was 2015 or 2016 right but i made the final table of uk ipt edinburgh yeah local boy <clears throat> I, I was going to ask whereabouts in scotland you're from is it the edinburgh area yeah, yeah. So I was living in Edinburgh at the time. I was actually living like really. I was living like right beside the casino at the time, um, so it was pretty ideal. And then made a good run at it, and then unfortunately didn't pan out. But you had a friend who won a UK IPT. I, I do. Yeah, my the guy I was living with, um, Robbie Bill, Adrenae. So he won UK IPT London. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I got some good friends I can speak to. So when, when that went down, uh, you know, obviously you're a professional poker player, but you're not really a guy that, that we've heard of uh-huh. when Robbie won and he sort of like, you know, made a bit of a name for himself. Was that something that you looked at as like something that you wanted? Um, I'm not sure I was like envious of him in terms of like the fame or like the kind of breakout he got, but it was just kind of like, oh, it would be nice to like 
be putting myself in opportunities to make that much money concerned i was playing cash at the time and when one of your friends is ripping like a it was like a hundred forty thousand pounds in like three days it was kind of like damn i should probably put myself in more opportunities to like go play more live like stops around the uk and stuff or more around europe and try and give myself opportunities to have those amazing like life-changing scores yeah, I would imagine that as a, a you know a cash game player that there's a trade off, uh, and obviously you can speak to this more than I can, but I know how I feel is that cash games, uh, in addition to you know just sort of being you know having less variance in sort of uh, you know as far as where your scores come from and how often, mm-hmm. uh, I find tor- uh, tournaments to be kind of torturous. Uh, after I've played cash games for a while. How do you feel about uh, tournaments in general? Well, <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. This is, that was the main reason why I stopped playing tournaments. And I was just finding it too torturous. Um, the lifestyle was just so inflexible, <clears throat> kind of like unhealthy. Um, and just, yeah, I was like, I needed to change this. I and just like the prolonged losing... Even if you're playing amazing, yeah, was just like, not great for like my psyche, and yeah, I just would rather just have like be more like rewarded at the time for playing cash. Like if you put in the hours, you kind of get there's more like immediate reward with MTTs is still out of your hands. Um, and I was like, yeah, I wanted to change up and move away from MTTs. I've been playing them for a few years, and then I went to cash, and I've never really went back. Now you're one of the first platinum pass winners. Mike, so you, you've got a long wait ahead. What are your expectations, hopes, desires comes August next year in the PSPC? Um, it's actually, yeah, I'm quite fortunate that I've got like such a long time until it then. And, but it's, um, so it's just nice to have like a goal to work towards, like yeah. to um, just mean, be dedicated for the full year and not like taking like three weeks off and like messing around, taking too many holidays, just being like, right. This is a really big 12 months. If you've got like a really nice goal to work towards, just work hard as, as hard as you can for the 12 months and study as much as you can. Talk with your friends, really dedicate yourself towards poker and then give it your best shot because it honestly could be like pretty life changing. Even just like min caching is insane. Like just ripping like 50k or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And I believe that during the PSPC, it's your birthday. And I imagine... Well, that, that, that's my only, my only goal. <laughs> Try oh, and stop in the tournament. Birthday. On my birthday. <laughs> I mean, the key there is the level of celebration. I think it's day three of the PSPC when when yeah, your so birthday hits. Three, yeah, yeah so I, I guess the level of celebration will depend oh, on whether man. you are still bagging chips at the end of day three. Or will that play no will that play no factor at all and you're gonna say, Fuck it, I'm gonna go out on a huge bender and whatever happens happens and day four can go swing. Nah, if um, if I was still in the tournament on my birthday, then I'd delay the birthday. I'd party Fine. on like the twenty fifth or twenty fourth. And that would be, I imagine, a pretty big double celebration. Oh yeah, that'd be incredible. Yeah. That that so, that's to my friend though. Like the goal to start, still be in the tournament on my birthday. That'd be cool. I, I think I know the answer being that you're a professional poker player, that you're probably going to play this tournament, you know, to, to win it to the best of your ability. But if you were, uh, if you had a friend that was relatively inexperienced at poker and wasn't, uh, didn't have a ton of MTT experience, would you possibly coach them or, or advise them just to play for a min cash? Um, it's really hard to like play for a min cash because it still will be like over a day's worth of playing, right? Sure. So, so you don't think it's that big of a difference? If you were in a situation where you had like a decent amount of chips, kind of nearing, like say it was like six hours, and like you had a lot of chips, and you probably could make it if you didn't play any hands, and then you could evaluate like how much that money would mean to you. Maybe it wouldn't be the worst idea to play extremely conservatively and just like maybe like half the amount of starting hands you're willing to play or something like that or a huge fraction and just really be conservative so you're in a lot less tricky situations. Now, one of the things, Mike, that a Platinum Pass buys you in addition to free entry into the PSPC 2020 is it also gives you the opportunity to play one of Joe Stapleton's dumb games. Joe, I think we've got time for five questions here. So what have you got lined up for Mike? All right. Well, since you have won a platinum pass for your ass, I thought it would be appropriate to uh, play a trivia quiz about asses. Christ. Right. Let's do this, Joe. Exactly. That's what 
That's what asses are referred to I'm uh, in really, the Bible. Really worried, <laughs> worried about where this quiz is going. No, yeah. it's about asses in the biblical sense, as as uh, Mikey McGee has just uh, invoked Jesus Christ. Uh, he, <laughs> He might know a lot about the biblical ass. Here we go. Question right. number one. Much like myself, a donkey or ass <laughs> uh -huh. will never get into an activity that A, it considers to be unsafe, B, involves hard work, C, involves its natural enemy, the rattlesnake, or D, involves its parents. Is this you? This is a, me and a donkey have the same. Based I'm going to appearance. Yes, based on the clue that you just gave, I'm going to say it's the parents. It is unfortunate. No, a donkey will never get into an activity that it considers to be unsafe. Well, fair. I was more thinking of you than a the donkey there, to be honest. Yeah, I guess maybe that was a, that was a, a bad yeah. comparison. But uh, question number two. Right. Let's do this. Donkeys prefer to live in groups. But mm -hmm. sometimes, in fact, can thrive with this other animal. Is it A, apes, B, college-age girls, mm -hmm. C, chimpanzees, D, goats? And this one is not like me. Not like you. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying it's specifically not like me, but that's not a part of the question. You'd obviously thrive with women, but I'm not sure the donkeys would. Um... I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. Uh, let's go with goats. Yes, it's James. goats. It is, in fact, goats. Well done, both of you. James, how did you know that? Because every single petting zoo in the world has the donkeys and goats in the same pen. Yeah. They get, they get along well with goats. Question number three. Which are considered to be more of an all-terrain animal? And there's just two choices here. Donkeys or horses? It's a flip. Sorry, are more of an all-terrain animal. All-terrain. Which one fare better in, in more types of terrain, donkeys or horses? I mean, I'm, my mum has horses. <laughs> they seem to do reasonably well. <laughs> um, yeah, go horses. <laughs> it's actually donkeys, which is yeah. why uh, folks ride them up and down the Grand Canyon. It's a, it's a donkey fares a little bit better. A bit like yeah, Richard Pryor in Superman 3. <laughs> I thought horses would be stronger. Yeah, fair. I failed Question. the music quiz at the beginning, and now I'm failing this one. Oh, that's okay, buddy. Do not worry. The, the whole point is that everyone fails. It becomes awkward for all of us. It's, not, <laughs> it's, it's a rite of passage. Question number four of five. Which type of terrain are donkeys originally from? Do they come from the forest, the desert, the tundra, or the plains? Desert? Desert is correct. You are two out of four. This last question here could make you a winner, quote unquote, although I can't <laughs> pass, so there is no prize on the line. Question number five. Donkeys' large ears allow for them to hear other donkeys from what distance in the proper desert conditions? Ooh. Is it A, not very far at all, <laughs> B, one mile, C, five miles, or D, 60 miles? I was thinking one mile there, but... Ugh. One or five. Uh, it's a flip. Yeah, I'll go one. Oh no, five. you had the, you had the over pair, but it or the uh, whatever it's called. It doesn't matter. It was five miles. Uh, hey, Mikey McKee, thanks a lot, buddy. You're a good sport, and uh, you're kind of a fun dude. I hope to see you go deep in the uh, in the PSPC 2020. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll. If I don't see it, Bar, I'm. I'll see. You, oh, I'll see you at Barso, or I'll see you before that on our stop. Anyway. Cool. Let's hope so. Looking yeah. forward to it, Mike. Good to speak to you. Cheers, guys. See ya. Poker in the ears. Well, let's speak to our second Platinum Pass winner of this week's podcast. Please welcome to the show, Tom Parsons. Hello, Tom. Hello, everybody. Tommy, Tommy. What's up, buddy? Not much. Not much. Just Where uh, did we dig you up, Lex Live? Absolutely. Yeah. What a place. 
because one of our former superfans, Patrick Winterbottom, he bagged himself a platinum pass in a sit-and-go. You won yours in a slightly less orthodox competition. Yeah, it was probably the most crazy format. I think most people won a platinum pass in. Um, we sat down. We had, At the start of the week, we were told that we had a, a challenge and there was a nice little card. Collect stamps, fun prizes, all good for the community. So everybody thought that it was just going to be merch or people were sort of hoping it might have been like a package to the next, next live. No one would have had any idea that it was for so a platinum So it was an undisclosed prize for yeah. a scavenger hunt, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And what kind of things did you have to do? What did you have to hunt down? What tasks did you have to complete? So there was nine, no, I think there was nine normal tasks or something, and then six Discord tasks. So the normal tasks were all very community-orientated. It was take a photo with a fellow member at Lex Live outside the casino, take a selfie and post it on Instagram with the Lex cutout, all very friendly and fun, lighthearted sort of tasks that it was sort of down to you to do. No one was pressuring you to do these things. So yeah. I think that's why it made it such a good challenge because it really did bring in the whole sort of community aspect to the Lex Live thing. And what did you have to do on Discord? Um, so they would post Discord challenges. So you had to be in the casino whenever the Discord challenge was posted. Right. And they would post it in either the Poker Stars or Lex's Discord. And they would say, you have to go up and get a picture with Team OP. You've got two hours. And if you didn't complete the challenge within those two hours, you wouldn't have got that stamp. This sounds really so, stressful. I think I'd rather play yeah. poker. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying is, were you like just living in this casino trying to complete them? And you, also, I mean, you yeah, didn't even like, know what the prize was, exactly. right? Because we there was a little stamp in the middle that said collect 10 stamps. So there was maybe, I think, sort of 15 or 16 total stamps that you could have collected. Um, but if, as long as you got 10, you were in with a running for whatever the prize was. I think there was only one person, Vitna, who actually collected all the stamps. And, wow. But you beat them for a platinum pass anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll take my 10 stumps. And <laughs> so you got the minimum. You had the minimum yeah. pieces of flair. And I then what happened was every, yeah. everybody that got the got at least 10 got entered into a drawing. Is that how it worked from yeah. there? So as soon as there was, we were called into the poker room and Lex was there. And we noticed cameras. So everyone kind of thought, hmm, something's definitely going on here. Um, we sit down, Lex comes over and then obviously explains to everyone that it's for a platinum pass. Everyone goes nuts. There's cameras. Everybody's having fun. And all people who had 10 or more stamps were entered into flip out sit and goes where two people from each table of nine, I think, and there was three tables would go forward to the, the sort of sit and go max. Wow. And you, yeah. you <laughs> six, basically you just ran extremely hot in these flip outs. Exactly. Like I, when I sat down on the second table and Spraggy was dealing. I just looked at him and I was like, oh dear, there's no way this is ever going to end well if Spraggy's dealing. But I actually went <laughs> through on the first draw. <laughs> and I like how people uh, who are relatively inexperienced or, or fans still know to avoid Spraggy. That Spraggy oh, sure. is, <laughs> he's still like the death knell. Yeah. Oh, but it was even people who came close and did make it to the sit and go even just the pressure and the excitement and even having spraggy dealing just sort of made it all the more community and i was speaking to lex afterwards and he was saying that that was the plan yeah because obviously at the first lex live they had the the quiz which then entered them into a sit and go so he said they weren't going to do a quiz this time they were going to try and do something else but it still kind of revolved around the community which obviously was beneficial for me yeah, I mean, this format has Twitchy Pete and Wreck-It Robin's paws all over it. It has that yeah, level of yeah. complexity that only they could come up with. Let's talk about the winning moment, Tom, when you won that final flip out, when you won the yeah. pass. Talk yeah. us through your reaction. Well, so it was the literally the first hand. I had just knocked out Chris Martin, the hand before, going into the all-in mode. So it was still me versus five, well, four others, with myself included. Um, all cards were dealt face down. The flop came. And then the turn. And then we all had to flip over one card, but nobody had a pair. And I had the hat I had a queen showing, I think. Yeah, so I had the highest card showing, but no pair. Nobody had any. So pair. you were in the lead, but it was not a very yeah, comfortable no. lead. There was flush draws, straight draws. Like if someone had two hearts and there was two got two people with a heart, people could have had straight draws, people had obviously pair outs. And then it came back around again, and I was the second person to show my second card on the river, and it was a four, so I still had no pair. I only had queen high. 
So in my mind, I was like, oh, well, it was fun. Because I have the most chips, I'll get another yeah, shot. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd be like, I'm fucked. Yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. But they, they went all the way around. Vitner was the last to show his card. And everyone just kind of stared at me. And then I was like, hang on a second. Is is Queen High seriously good here? Wait, then, so there were no pairs, no, no, no pairs, kings, no flushes? No, nope, there was nothing. Literally Holy Queen High. Shit. Queen High, five ways, yeah. So that's why everybody, including myself, was sort of sort of just completely dumbfounded. And then Croaks actually was the first person because he was on my left. He just turned to me and he was like, you've done it. And then Chris Martin came over straight away. Obviously, really good sport of him to come over. And I was sharing a room with him. So considering I knocked him out of the the Platinum Pass. <laughs> but he won a Platinum Pass last year, right? Yeah, so he was on for the double. Yeah, fuck him. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. But also, he was married to Gwyneth Paltrow and had multiple... Exactly. selling albums He's fucking rich yeah. already who cares we were all yellow too but the good thing was before we even sat down at the final table all of us decided that we would do a three percent sweat so everybody who was on that final table has three oh, percent of good. my platinum pass oh that's nice that yeah. sounds that so, sounds cool we thought it's obviously the biggest free roll of all of our lives yeah. so it would be and it was chris who actually suggested it and it would be quite nice for everybody to have three percent of what they could potentially win and then if you still have whatever 85 percent you're not going to be complaining no for sure how ready are you feeling for the pspc i know it's several months away yeah i think i'll be more ready <laughs> as yeah. the year goes on because i've been talking to people like i regularly speak with easy with aces and try and get advice with hands and stuff and we try and generally improve my play obviously i play myself and i stream and i've only been playing for just over a year so and within a year, I've, I think I'm doing okay. Obviously, I'm not going to be, even after the end of this year, at the same level as the top players. But I do think I could sort of hold my own in the field, for sure. Now, I know you're a very busy man, because in the last few days, I've been trying to pin you down to yeah. a superfan subject. And you've not been easy to get hold of, because you are a student, and it's been a very stressful time for you. Yeah, I'm in my final year <laughs> of university, so... It came at the best and the worst time. It means that I have something to work towards so I can like make sure I get my degree, get it out of the way, and then have all summer to focus for the PSPC. But it also means that week in, week out, I'm playing. Like I haven't played poker at all the last two weeks because I've just had deadline after deadline, just essay after essay. What are you studying? I've dated several girls who have been to university or were in university at the time. I can probably help you. I do international politics with conflict studies. Oh my God! Come on, buddy. <laughs> I am a Twitter expert at international politics. <laughs> and how's that working out for you, Joe? <laughs> so what's uh, what sorts of deadlines? Like, is it uh, papers? Or... Yeah, it's it's essays and research papers and analysis of other people's research and writing your own opinions on like modern affairs. So last Thursday, I wrote three thousand words on Egypt. Are currently. Uh, arguing with ethiopia over water <laughs> so i had to i wrote about is water going to be what like the world's next wars are fought on and stuff yeah so, of course it is definitely yeah, lots of sort of current research and stuff so it's just oh something has changed and your submission could be for the next day but then you have to change your essay because something has happened that day on like the political sort of sure sphere yeah so it's, so do you have aspirations to make this your career or do you want to go platinum pass forever i mean platinum pass would be sick because i've really enjoyed streaming and playing poker i'm obviously still relatively new so in my mind it could still be some sort of honeymoon phase where it's like over the last few years i've done quite well i started with 50 dollars and my profit's now over like 2k or something minus the pass everything seems to be going in the right direction the stream is really fun obviously you're then working your own hours you're not just sitting at a desk nine to five and then you have the potential to travel and travel. No, is streaming much. is way worse. You have to stream <laughs> from like nine to nine. That's true. But if you're day. enjoying what you're doing, I think it's something a little bit different. Whereas right. I couldn't imagine myself sitting behind a desk in a dreary office in Belfast from I nine mean, to five every day. I want to pick up on what sounds like a slight paradox. You talk about being a streamer, but having only been playing poker for a year, you'd yeah. think that you'd need to be a more seasoned player to be putting yourself out there. Um, what are you doing, Tom? <laughs> I think it's just... Some people like to relate. So obviously I still play the micro and the low stakes, 
and a large percentage of the people who watch Twitch are still around that kind of level. Yeah. So starting with the Run It Up Platinum Pass Challenge, so last year, that's pretty much what got me into poker, as I saw this thing happening in the Bahamas, and I was like, whoa, I don't know poker, but I'm going to learn it, because I'm going to go there. Unfortunately, didn't get to the Bahamas, but thankfully I'm in Barca. But it meant that I met people like GJ Reggie, um, Aries Vatur, who was your guy's Platinum Pass winner. Toka. Pipe-based poker. Yeah, Toka. Um, he like all of those people so then we can all link our communities together like help each other learn because obviously gj is quite new like myself and it just means that even within our small community we can then branch out into the bigger communities like lexes and easy with aces and spraggies i think i can honestly say you are the first platinum pass winner i'm aware of who literally started playing poker with the intention of winning a platinum pass to go to the pspc yeah, it's crazy because I only found poker, you could say, uh, two Januaries ago, twenty or January 2018, actually. Yeah, January 2018. Um, because I was watching, I was on Twitch. I used to watch Twitch for like gaming and everything all the time. Had a Twitch account for years. But I saw on the front page, it was a PokerStars broadcast and it was both of you commentating uh, one of the EPTs. Or it yes, might have been go like on, a tell PSPC. us more. Yeah, or like a PCA. <laughs> it might have been like the PCA or something. And I was watching this and I said, as I was watching, I was just like, oh, this is just amazing. I've never played poker. I used to play chess when I was younger. It all looks very like logic and fun. And there's not a massive poker scene in Northern Ireland at all. So I thought, hey, I'll try and get into this. And then I found the Poker Stars channel with the Jew streams. And then once I actually started playing, they announced the Bahamas PSPC and yeah. I said, Well, I wanna I wanna get a platinum pass. I'm gonna like learn to play poker. And then that's when Run It Up and Jason Somerville announced their streaming challenge. And I said, Well, why not stream and play and learn to do both at the same time? So I can make money from streaming, hopefully make some money playing poker, which means I don't have to work as much <laughs> to like get myself through uni. Yeah, I'm. I'm assuming These that fucking young people with their work ethic and their <laughs> just really sickens me. Yeah, you say that, Joe. I imagine the stream is on hiatus at the moment, judging by the amount of coursework you have to do. Yeah, I haven't streamed in like I don't know a week and a half, two weeks. I haven't even played. I haven't even played anything because I do try and play. Like whenever I'm playing, I just fire up the stream. It doesn't really matter what time of day, because I just feel like what's the point in playing if I'm not streaming? Because it's providing content for other people, and it keeps me sort of. That's thin. I. I I appreciate that dedication because as someone who now I don't I don't stream poker obviously because I live in the states but um, I, I have been trying to stream a little bit more and sometimes I think about playing video games yeah and I'll be like and then I'm like oh I should stream and then I think about how much work it is to stream and I end up not only not streaming but not playing games at all like yeah. I just go oh my god it's so much work ah, I can't I, and I just end up not doing it do you ever feel like that oh yeah I, I agree with that mindset for sure especially if i know that say it's like next week i have an assessment and it's two thousand words or something i'm like oh i could stream today and then in the back of my mind it's like oh you should do coursework and then i just end up doing nothing i just kind you of do neither one yeah uh, you just don't do anything so i'm really trying to like set myself a schedule and at least as long as i can get my assessments in on time then i can spend free time on games and poker and streaming and and when, I mean, as of November, you're just all done with your schooling? Um, for next, I graduate in like May. So I've got okay. to go through Christmas through my you second have another semester. another semester, as I would yeah. call it, after yeah. this one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, one thing you do get to play right now, Tom, is this week's Superfan Quiz. Because we yeah. decided that you qualify as a superfan. We were the first people you ever watched broadcast poker. So we consider you to be one of ours. For um, sure. And we went back and forth because we don't like to have repeat subjects on the podcast, yeah. but we always offer an olive branch or special dispensation to platinum pass winners because it, it, it kind of like you can't be treated like the rest of them. So <laughs> even though the movies of Quentin Tarantino has been done, you chose one specific Tarantino movie, that movie being his directorial debut, Reservoir Dogs. And we've agreed to go with that as the specialist subject. And Joe, I'm guessing you haven't had a chance to revisit this movie in the last few days. No, you heard about the last couple of days. I have. I was not able to uh, to get around to this. But I've never even seen. I've never seen Reservoir Dogs at all. I, I prefer City on Fire, the movie that went <laughs> ripped off. 
Well, number one, I refuse to believe that you haven't seen this film. Number two, <laughs> I constructed this quiz from memory. Now, I Ooh. did go back and watch the film again just to double-check my answers. Sure. But hopefully, if you know the movie relatively well, you should be okay. It's not a kind of stuff that you need to have remembered from only having seen it five minutes ago. Um, one thing I did find, by the way, in watching it, and I still think it's one of Tarantino's better films, but the casual racism and misogyny is really starting to bother me. And I think oh. it's just where we are in society now, where it's just not funny anymore. Oh, it's, it's, I think it's part of it is the way it was, and obviously that's not the right way it is, but then a lot of it is also like character progression. So right. if you think about like Mr. Pink, Steve Buscemi, it's like you see him and the way he is the only one that really acts as professional, but he's also the one who's the most overtly racist. So it makes you kind of cold towards him. It kind of lessens you towards him and more for the other characters. Dude, I love Tom Parsons. Listen to this <laughs> astute analysis of 1990s derivative cinema. <laughs> I mean, one of the modules I'm literally studying this semester is gender and politics. So a lot of it is about sort of the history and like the modern day sort of sort of uh, like feminist studies and stuff. I literally wrote a paper last night about Twitter and <laughs> like how Twitter is using to push I love this kid. I can't wait for him to shellac me in this quiz. <laughs> okay, well, you know what's on the line. It is a 55 euro Epity Prague satellite ticket. Hopefully, you can get some more experience playing online and possibly even live, Tom, ahead of next summer's PSPC. Uh, we've also got some PokerStars merch for you as well. Um, without further ado, let's get this quiz underway. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So, 10 multiple choice questions. Tom, you get two points if you don't need the options. If you take the options, just the one point. Some questions have bonuses, others don't. Please give me a number between one and 10. It's always coming seven. Always coming seven. What is written across the door of the building where most of the film takes place? No parking. Correct for two points. Joseph, what would you like? Give me question number one, please. Question number one. Okay. In the opening scene, which character states his preference for Madonna's early material? I feel like the choices won't help me. Are you gonna? Are are the choices gonna be colors? One of them isn't. Hmm. I'll take the choices. Is it Mr. Blue, Mr. Pink, Mr. Blonde, or Nice Guy Eddie? Nice Guy Eddie. No, it's Mr. Blue. And which <laughs> song does he cite as a reference? Like a virgin. No, that's what Quentin Tarantino's character is talking about. He says he prefers her early stuff like Borderline. Borderline. Uh, okay, you did Tom. it from memory? Well done, James. Well done. <laughs> I've seen this film many, many times. I mean, I was a student when this came out, and I think we watched it like once a week on a dodgy VHS copy because it was banned at that point and you couldn't get it from a legitimate video store. Uh, you can have any question other than seven or two, Tom. I will take number 10. Number 10. Which song plays over the end credits? Ooh. I'll take the options. Is it Hooked on a Feeling, Harvest Moon, Magic Carpet Ride, or Coconut? Harvest Moon. Incorrect. It's Coconut. Uh, Joe, your second question. Uh, I never go high. Give me the highest number available, please. You're lucky number nine. When casing the jewelry store, Mr. White says he's hungry. What type of food does he propose purchasing? I'll take the choices. Is it a taco, a burger, a bear claw, or ice cream? And I'm going to give you some help here. If Joe Stapleton was writing a comedy sketch, it would probably be this type it's of food. A, it's a taco. <laughs> it is a taco for one point. And there is a bonus question. What's the name of the jewelry store? I don't know. Do you happen to know, Tom? Oh, uh, I, I mean, I do, but I can't think. 
It is Karina's Wholesale yeah. Diamonds. Yeah. Uh, and it is your question, Tom. Two, three, four, five, six, or eight? We'll go for five. Which character from the Tarantino universe do Larry and Joe mention during their first meeting about the diamond heist? Options. Vince Vega, Oren Ishii, Jack Scagnetti, or Alabama? The Jack Scagnetti. No, it's Alabama from True Romance. And during Alabama that conversation, Morley. there is a bonus question. What does Joe, sorry, where does Joe say the diamonds are from? Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, it's they're from Israel, interestingly. Uh, Joe, two, three, four, six, or eight. Number two, please. In the opening credits, who receives second billing after Harvey Keitel? I'm just gonna guess this straight out. I don't think that, that it'll help me. Tim Roth. Incorrect, which means you can steal Tom, and the options haven't gone yet. Um, so after Harvey Keitel? Yes. Oh, is it Lawrence Tierney? It is not. It is Michael Madsen. And there is a oh. bonus question, which goes to you, Joe. Tim Roth, by the way, is the and. Otherwise, yes, you probably would have been right. Uh, the bonus question, Joe, what is Mr. Blonde's real name? Did, did, um, did someone just give it away? Nope. Uh, Mr. Blonde's real name. Uh, I can't even remember who Mr. Blonde is. Uh, Michael Madsen. We're talking about Michael Madsen here. The question relates to Michael Madsen. He plays a character called Mr. Bond. Mr. Oh, I see. Mr. Blonde, and his real name is? Vic Vega. Correct, for one point. Who is the cousin of Vince Vega in Pulp Fiction? Because it's all connected. Uh, Tom, three, Hello. four, six, or eight? It. Question number eight. Which Marvel character does Mr. Orange compare Joe to? Um, the Thing from Fantastic Four. Correct, for two points. And there is a bonus question. Which Marvel character is on the poster in Mr. Orange's apartment? Oh, um, I'm just going to say Spider-Man. Incorrect, Joe. You can steal for a point. Silver Surfer. Correct. And it's your no. question, Joe. You can have three, four, or six. Uh, four. Mr. White tells Mr. Pink, I need you to be cool. In which fun-loving criminal song was this line sampled? Fun-loving criminal song, I need you to be cool, was this sample? I'll take the choices. Was it the fun-loving criminal, Scooby <laughs> Snacks, King of New York, or Come Find Yourself? Can you read them again? I laughed <laughs> during there. Was it the fun-loving criminal, Scooby Snacks, King of New York, or Come Find Yourself? I'm going to say fun-loving criminal. No, it's Scooby Snacks. Uh, I had no idea either. Don't worry. I don't even know. Is fun-loving criminal an artist? I don't even know what you're asking. The fun-loving criminals. Is that a band? Yes. They were oh, huge never... in the mid-90s. Yeah, I was not huge in the mid-90s. Okay, we go into the final round. The score is four points to Tom, three points to Joe, so Ooh. it does come down to this. Uh, you can have three or six, Tom. I'll take three. According to Mr. White, along with the gut, what is the most painful area a guy can get shot? Kneecaps. Correct, for oh, two I points. I got that one. Okay, Joe, you yeah. need three points to tie the game. Yeah. Your question, question six has three points available because there's a bonus. Oh my God. So you're going to need to get the main question without the options and the bonus to tie the game and take us to the tiebreaker. What is Mr. Orange's real name? I'll take the choices. I can't win. Is it Frank Newman, Freddie Newendike, Frank Nimbleton, or Freddie Noodles? Frank Newman. No, no. it's Freddie Newendike. But... Uh. You could salvage some dignity by getting the bonus question. All right. What is the name of the cop tortured by Mr. Blonde? Oh, man. Uh, go for it if you know it, Tom. Marvin Nash. Correct, which means the final score is seven points to Platinum Pass winner I Tom remember, Parsons. But, like, I remember him saying his name with like the spit in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, and, meh, meh, like oh yeah. my God, it's <laughs> in my fucking brain and that'll never go away. That's crazy how when you said it, it just fucking popped yeah. back in my head. Yeah. Only three points for Joe, which means, Tom, you are a winner. You are on a roll right now. Just keep playing Ooh. games and competing at stuff because you're clearly going to crush. Uh, and we will make sure that uh, I appreciate it doesn't quite have the same value as a Platinum Pass, but we'll get you an EPT Prague satellite ticket and some PokerStars merch as well. Yes, but you know what, James? He can at least stream this one. I can. That's insane as well. I'd love to go to Prague. I've never been. I've never been to Barcelona. Get to go there. Never been to Prague. And I'd love stuff. to go to Prague too. It's really fun. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'll see you there. Tom, thank you very much for coming on the show. And we look forward to seeing you in Barcelona next summer. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. All right, my babies, we're almost out of time for this week's show. Do not forget, there is a live stream coming up. James, tell them more about that. Yes, so this is the next leg of Moneymaker's Road to the PSPC. It's taking place at Asper's in Stratford in London, same venue that Lex Live 2 was held at. And we're going to be streaming Saturday and Sunday, starting at 12.30 local time both days. On Saturday, we've got another Platinum Pass experience sit-and-go. That's going to award a pass. Then we'll switch things up to coverage of day two of the Moneymaker event, follow that through to its conclusion on Saturday. On Sunday, it'll be the final day of the Moneymaker main event. Might just be the final table, could be the final few tables, but we'll stream it until we're down to a winner, another Platinum Pass awarded by the big man himself. More Platinum Passes for your asses. That's happening next week on this show. We'll hear about what happened at the Moneymaker Tour. Uh, an old friend of ours, Daniel Negreanu, won Player of the Year. If we can get him, I'm going to try to get Daniel on the show for next week. I don't know how busy he is, and unfortunately, we don't own him anymore. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see if we can get him. And, uh, yeah. Well, one thing I can say for certain about next week's podcast is that the superfan subject is one of your favorite movies, Joe, Office Space. Office Space is is a movie that I can say that even if I do not get a chance to revisit it i know that movie pretty well that's one of those that i just know it well so i'm super excited to talk office space it is a classic cult classic one would say so until next time guys hit that like button subscribe comment uh obviously you know we're gonna take a um, end of year hiatus very soon and i'm not gonna lie it's not 100 that we're coming back we think we are but it's not 100 so if you guys can do everything you can for the end of the year to give us a big push to show uh, the Poker Stars Fat Cat that this show is loved and adored by fans. We would greatly appreciate it. Help us out. But for now, that is all the time we have got for this week's show. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Later.